This is Becca and Millhaven. Just saying. I'm Tom Becca. And I'm McCraw Millhaven. You're not doing a 60 Minutes thing there? No, I'm in a bad mood. I got a lot of shit going on. What's the, what's all for? What, what's going on, McGraw? What, what's, what's bothering you? I, well, I am, well, I'm doing the podcast on my phone as opposed to my laptop. Uh, I moved today, so I'm in between homes and in between, well, I kind of homeless, kind of, actually. <laughs> Well, you have a very nice car, so, you know, you always sleep there. I moved, so I'm out of the old house. I'm in a, I'm in a townhome, and um, they're not going to, they're not going to finish building my house. They haven't even started, they haven't started building it, so it's going to be a year. So I'm doing one of these, you know, being in the townhome for a year. So I'm in the middle of that deal, and then you got, got me on this stupid podcast. I believe you were the one that said, hey, we ought to do a podcast together. I think you're the one that got me into the stupid podcast, but I wound up being the one doing all the work. It's the real Huckleberry Finn thing. Or is it Tom Sawyer? <laughs> was, it, was, it, was that Tom Sawyer or Huckleberry Finn? That got, Tom Sawyer hmm. got the guy doing all the work, right? Tom Sawyer was the one doing all the work, yes. No, he didn't do all the work. He, got, he told people, hey, isn't this fun to pay right. tents? And they bought into it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, By the way, Hannibal is a lovely town. Just, it really is. I, just, I've been to Hannibal. It's a so I mean, it's a, it's a big tourist attraction. That's all it is. I mean, you know, it's hey, let's go take a look at Mark Twain. But uh, but it is very cool. It is very cool. So I got it. My my sympathies to uh, Mr. Herbster. I was kind of rooting for him. What happened? Well, Poor people, guy. That people that don't know, Charles Herbster ran for governor here in Nebraska, and uh, he was a big uh, Trumper. Matter of fact, he said he would rather be loyal to Donald Trump then be governor of Nebraska. And it looks like he's going to get his wish. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so Trump Trump came to town, held a big rally and everything, and uh, and Herbster lost. Uh, now, here's, here's a, and by the way, Herbster's campaign was primarily self-funded. And by all estimations, he spent at least uh, like four and a half, five million dollars on the thing. But the insiders right. are saying, insiders are saying, that, yeah, he probably spent a lot more of his own money on it um, than, than what uh, than what's officially showing. Um, well, and this, and this poor guy had to put up with these, you know, um, lies of eight women came out and lied about him, you know, groping them. It's outrageous. By the way, by the way, uh, either way, either, either even if you are being sarcastic, I want to completely uh, distance myself from anything you're saying about this right now. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Herbster, Herbster was uh, charged with, um, and that's going to be real interesting now because there was a the whole legal thing has been going on. The, the the lawyers are getting involved, and Herbster may end up really end up being on the short end of that because uh, he went and he filed a lawsuit against Julie Slama, but he never served uh, Julie Slama. He wound up just filing it with the courts or whatever, but without having her served. So it means that there wouldn't have to be any uh, deposition or anything like that. Well, then she countersued and served him. So there's supposed to, there was supposed to be a deposition last Friday. He got it uh, delayed for, I don't know, a week or so until he asked to go and do uh, the deposition. Uh, but, yeah, this may end up, uh, you know, backfiring on him. And uh, it could be a lot nastier. Plus, oh, here's, here's, another thing about, here's another thing about the Herbster campaign that really uh, just – where the Republican Party is today. So it was a Republican primary, right? And yeah. uh, Herbster 
has bragged about the fact that he was with Donald Trump on January 5th and January 6th. Okay. And yet none of the Republicans running against him brought that up because they didn't want to alienate any potential Trump voters. So they were afraid to piss off the Trump voters by pointing out that Herbster may have been part of an insurrection or at least been aware of the insurrection. And none of the, none of the opposing candidates brought that up because they didn't want to offend the Trump voters. I mean, which is just ludicrous in my mind. It really is bonkers that they don't want, they don't want to upset the Trump voters. I mean, are they such a monolithic vote that you are, they are there. They wanted an insurrection. I mean, is that the argument? So when Joe Biden loses, they'll be okay with Kamala Harris sort of throwing out the electors from states he didn't win. I mean, how do they justify that? McGraw, McGraw, you're trying to be rational uh, when the argument is that January 6th was legitimate political discourse, but protesting in front of a a Supreme Court uh, justice's house uh, is tantamount to um, uh, treason. Yeah, treason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's... and here's part of the problem, too, though. I mean, really, when you get right down to it, because, yeah, are, are all Trump voters monolithic? No. Are all Republicans monolithic? No. Are all Democrats monolithic? No. But we put everybody into these groups like this and try to categorize them. And life is much more complex than that. But both media and politicians and just people in general, you know, like to categorize it so that, you know, you can lump everybody together in some way so that it's easier to either dismiss them or join them. So um, let me, um, as people may or may not know, we don't do a lot of show prep on this uh, podcast. <laughs> and uh, I know I know that's hard for some people to believe, but we don't do a lot of show prep. However, um, I would like to talk about abortion, but let, know that I would rather stick a needle in my eye than talk about abortion. I heard a really interesting comment about abortion that I would like to throw at you. Okay. You ready? All right. So do you know, and and this, please, anything I say, do not take as me being for or against any part of anything that is going on. Okay. But did you know that in the Jewish community, they believe that a baby's life begins when the baby takes its first breath. Did you know that? And there, was an, there was an old joke that said uh, that the Jewish people believed that a, a, a fetus didn't, didn't become viable until they became a doctor. But that, that, that's where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> no, 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 for real. I mean, look, yeah. Christianity, Christianity has, you know, the Catholics and Protestants, I mean, they all have different sort of faiths and beliefs and everything else. And not every Jewish person believes this, obviously, but there are tenets of the Jewish faith in some sects um, that they believe, they're taught, right? They, they believe that babies uh, begins with their first breath. Okay. So if you, and again, here, so here's my, my question. If you outlaw abortion, could a Jewish woman petition the courts and say, on religious grounds, you need a religious exemption to not having an abortion because that goes against the teachings of my religion. 
Oh, so you're saying you're saying that if you're Jewish, you could use religious reasons for having an abortion? Well, I'm I'm asking the question. If 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 a Jewish if a Jewish person believes that life doesn't begin until the baby takes the first breath, right? And Josh Hawley and everybody else is so big into having, you know, um, freedom of religion, then a Jewish person should be able to freely practice their religion, which means that a fetus isn't anything until it becomes, uh, you know, until it's born. So you could see at some point somebody making the argument, my religious freedoms are being infringed upon by not being allowed to have an abortion. I had not heard that or thought about it in that way, but now that you've brought it up, hey, if it comes down to it, somebody will file that lawsuit, and the Supreme right. Court will have to hear that. Oh, no, I, I mean, when you get right down to it, the the abortion issue could be, and I, I'm not a big fan of bumper sticker mentality, right, you know, or slogans like that, but I do think that, you know, a bumper sticker that I saw once that said, if you're against abortion, don't have one, solves the problem. Education solves the problem. Promoting birth control solves the problem. We don't want to do with any of that stuff, right? Okay, it's just because that doesn't get everybody all riled up and get votes going and stuff like that. I mean, the, the hypocrisy, you know, uh, I'm very much right to life, except I'm pro-death penalty. Or, or, or it's, it's, a, it's, hey, it's a woman's right to do what she wants with her body. Uh, yeah, but she can't be a prostitute. I mean, you know, I mean, so the hypocrisy on both sides of this thing sometimes when the, the answer is, look, if you're against abortion, don't have one. All right. And so, if enough people don't have abortions, the abortion clinic will go out of business. But if you take a look also just for medical reasons that are in there, some of these people don't want to have don't want to allow abortions for rape, incest or, you know, life of the mother even, you know, I mean, it's just ludicrous. Well, now, so here's my next question. So the Supreme Court overturns it. OK. Okay. Then a, a, a state passes a law that says you can't have an abortion for rape or incest. Well, then a woman gets raped in that in that state, and then she petitions the court and says, "Wait a minute, you're you're infringing upon right? Why can't the court's not going to de decide right the the intricacies of it? Is it? I mean, that's even more confusing, right? Let's say it's it's the health of the mother, so the mother can't won't be able to say." Oh my goodness, um, you know it's not viable, but uh, but my health is important, and so we need to abort the other uh, fetus. I mean, we're getting into you know really really deep uh, issues that are so personal, and this is going to be played out in, in courtrooms when these women want to do this stuff. Oh no no no! Worse than it being played out in courtrooms, it's going to be played out on cable talk shows. It's going to be played out on podcasts. It's going to be played out in political campaigns. Well, so a couple of weeks ago, I was, uh, no, maybe it was a little longer than that. It was during the whole vaccine argument. And uh, I was walking into a store and I, this woman pulls up in a parking lot in front of parking space in front of me and she gets out and I, she says, hi, hi, how are you? And I see on the back of her car, she has a bumper sticker that says, my body, my choice. And I said to her, hi, uh, just curious, are you pro-life? or anti-vaccine <laughs> and she looked at me with a death stare and i was like i'm not trying to be a jerk i'm actually curious as to what your stance is 
Are, is your right? Which are you? Are you anti-vaccine or are you pro-choice? She didn't. She did not like that at all. Well, you know, I like when you say you're not trying to be a jerk because you don't have to try. It just comes so natural to you. <laughs> that is true. That's one of the truest things you ever said. It just <laughs> it just happens naturally. But, and I guess it's offensive. But I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't accusing her of anything. I was just curious as to you know my body, my choice. That was the rallying cry of the pro-lifers. Then it became a rallying cry for the anti-vaxxers. Again, how, how, how crazy all of this is. You know, I mean, it's just so bizarre. Uh, you know, and, it, and it's just, well, it's uh, what happens when you live in a world where uh, everything is on social media, podcasts, 24-hour news channels and stuff. It's just, you look at all the all the uh, hypocrisy and look at all the craziness, all the how ludicrous life is. And then I guess maybe that's sort of the, the fun thing about it is that you look at things. If you can have a sense of humor about all of this, you, you have a much better chance of surviving. These people that have, so no, the, sense, people that have no sense of humor, I, I, I pity them. Because if you can't look at what's going on in this world and realize just how fucking crazy it is, uh, then you got problems. So Alito quoted a judge who also believed that women were witches. I mean, he's going back a long way. Like, that's his reasoning for all of this? I mean, it's bizarre. And Did I know you see Saturday Night Live? Did you see Saturday Night yeah, Live last week? Yeah. yeah. Their, opening, yeah. their opening skit was all about that. It was hilarious. It was hilarious yeah. because it was so true. It hit, hit, I mean, it just showed just how ludicrous the whole argument is. So now here's the thing. Let me ask you this. What happens if, you know, Roberts goes along with the uh, the more liberal judges, and one or maybe even two of the others. Uh, what, what they need? What they need? They need two of the Republicans to, to, to switch over. No, it, it was it was five three, and we didn't know where Roberts was. Okay, so, uh, so yeah, so if we just need one, just need one Supreme Court justice to, uh, that voted on the other side right. to switch right. over, and Roberts to switch yeah. over. And then abortion yeah. could still stand. What happens yeah. then? I mean, oh my yeah. God. I mean, if somebody changes their vote, what happens then? Well, I hope there aren't any protests outside the judge's house. That's for sure. Did we talk about Clarence? No, we didn't talk about this. Uh, Clarence no. Thomas. Uh, this talking, huh? This is fantastic. This is oh, hilarious. Clarence Thomas are talking about how uh, the judicial process is doomed if people can't live with um, uh, uh, rulings that they disagree with. Yeah. <laughs> His wife was helping to plot an insurrection. Does he know because the word? Is, is there another meaning of the word irony? Does he even talk to his wife? I know. That's bonkers. Did you see where OAN had to come out and say that there was no widespread voter fraud yeah yeah because otherwise yeah. they'd be sued on, out of existence yeah 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 yeah. i know it's so bonkers it's it's nuts it's it's just bonkers um but i really think i mean i hold on to your hat uh i don't when this abortion thing comes down because i think i don't think there's any way it doesn't come down the way we we think it will um hold on to your hat because I think everything we think is wrong and that it is going to blow up. There's going to be 
new coalitions you've never thought about. You're going to have the pro rider, the pro-lifers, right? I think lose some of the esteem. The pro-choicers are going to become the new pro-lifers. I, I mean, we don't know where this thing's going to end. We're going to find out. Our Republicans, right? Once the polls start going the other way, you're going to see our Republicans, once very pro-life, all of a sudden supporting pro-choice candidates. It's going to be a whole new ballgame. Well, yeah, there's already talk about how Republicans don't want the abortion issue to be an issue in the uh, in the midterms. You know, right. they want to focus on inflation. They want to focus on some other issues. They don't want to focus on abortion because they think that abortion is going to be a catalyst for a large uh, portion of uh, the Democrats and that this should end up actually being a plus for the Democrats in the long run. Yeah, no, I, I think that this is a whole this is a whole new world. And um you know, if it goes to the states, maybe statewide referendums on it. Um, you know, and so the, I know a lot of uh, Republican women who are pro-choice, who have voted a Republican because they never thought Roe versus Wade was going to be overturned. And I know a lot of pro-life Democrats who, you know, held their nose and voted Democrat. So, I mean, this is a whole new world. And I'll tell you one more thing. I think that the pro-life movement they were I, I think you have to give them a credit I mean, hands my, my my hats off to them i bow to, to for 30 years they were singularly focused and they said we don't care about any other issue we will follow you through no matter what just start appointing pro-life justices and trump said here are my justices now let me go do whatever i want and they said, not a problem. And he delivered. He delivered three of them. Yeah. So they got, they made a deal with the devil, and they're happy because they got what they wanted. Well, and I say, singularly, and that has dominated politics for the last 30 years. Now, while you give Trump all that credit, I think the real credit has to go to Mitch McConnell. Because Mitch McConnell, the way that he played the Senate, when Obama want to put Merrick Garland in there? And he uh, said, no, he can't do it because an election's coming up. And then when it came down to Amy Coney Barrett, you know, he rushed her through when the election was over. I mean, you know, so it's just it's just ludicrous what they've done. You know, so Mitch McConnell really, even more so than Trump, got this done. I don't think it's ludicrous. I quite frankly think it's brilliant. I think Mitch McConnell, I think it's brilliant what he did. Right. There's no such, such thing as fair play when it comes to judges. Mitch McConnell had the power, and he used it. And Democrats aren't smart enough or didn't have the power to do it. Would Democrats have been smart enough to do what oh, oh, Mitch McConnell did? I don't know. I don't know. But he did it. He, you know, he was able to delay one, rush the other one. You know, If they were as singularly focused as the pro-lifers, Ruth Bader Ginsburg would have resigned when she had the Senate and the presidency in her favor. But she chose to stick it out, and that's her choice. But this is this is the world she lives in. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> if the Democrats had pulled what Mitch McConnell pulled, all the Republicans, the Fox News Network, talk radio would be outraged yep, by that type of behavior. But because it's yep, their guy, it's it's like a, it's like a sports team, you know, it's like a sports team. If you got a if you got a player on your team that is you know beat his wife or girlfriend, uh, you know you'll you'll forgive that. 
But boy, if the opposing team has a player like that, oh my God, you know, that team is just awful because of what, you know, the type of players they have on their team. You know, it's, 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 it, well, and maybe I'm just well, naive. I, I, maybe I'm just a little yeah. too naive or, or just have too much of, a, of an image of what America should be, you know, where we play fair and by the rules. And so maybe I'm just being are you, naive. Are you insinuating that the Herbster allegations are bogus? But the Andrew Cuomo allegations are legitimate. Well, I think with the Andrew Cuomo allegations, I think there is enough evidence out there to say they are legitimate. And I've talked with the reporter that broke this story. I've talked with him about it at length, actually. And uh, he is convinced uh, that uh, he's got enough evidence to say that uh, what Herbster is. Uh, matter of fact, matter of fact, I know, I know of one person whose girlfriend was one of the uh, pe- people that uh, Herbster allegedly groped. Uh, so, yeah, so it, it, there's, there's enough evidence out there, I believe. I believe Herbster yep. did it, uh, but you know, we'll have to wait for the courts to make their decision. But I, I only believe when women um, say that Democrats sexually uh, abuse them. That's, <laughs> those are the only women I believe. So I'm a feminist. By the way, by the way, you can send your hate mail to uh, contacts at BeccaAndMillhaven.com. Hey, you know what? I've been up all night moving. I got a cold. I don't have COVID. Bear with me. Yeah, and there's some some more variants coming in now. And I don't know, are these variants dangerous? Are these variants going to, you know, kill us? They say we got a million people. uh, It's 100 million people. Like this fall and winter coming up already. Going to be sick with COVID. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I had to go get I had to go get tested, and it turned out I was negative. But um, I was negative, Nelly. So I don't know. But what you, know you just had to get tested because you had, uh, had a cold or something, or you had to get tested for some reason? No, no, no. I got tested because um, three people at work got uh, the COVID, so uh. I went in, and um, so it turned out I didn't have it. But you know, I still felt terrible anyway. Um. So anyway, all right. What's your uh, what's your over under? Uh, over and under is basically for people that don't know. We finish up every podcast with the news story that we thought, I think gets overreported, and a news story that we thought gets uh, under underreported. Um, uh, my overreported story, um, I I don't know. I mean, they're, they're, I'm so focused on the Nebraska elections. So maybe I'm just going to say that the Nebraska ele- Trump's Trump's influence on the Republican Party. Maybe after seeing what happened in Nebraska this week, uh, this week, uh, maybe I'll say that uh, Trump's influence on the Republican Party is the most overreported story because the report, Republicans are a lot more than that. Uh, does Trump have an impact? Yes, he does. Is he important? Yes, of course he is. But is he uh, everything in the Republican Party? I don't think so. So I want to say that Trump's influence is the most overreported story. I will agree with you. I'll second that and I'll add this. This is the media's fascination with Donald Trump, right? Shocking that an ex-president endorsed a candidate. And it's like they're keeping score with each one who wins and each one who loses. And it's the media's fascination with Donald Trump is part of the problem with how we treat the news and report the news and everything else. So what that Donald Trump endorsed a candidate in a nine-person field in Nebraska, and he lost. Somehow they're trying to make that Trump's fault. 
there's a heck of a lot more reasons why, why people went to the polls that have nothing to do with Trump in uh, Nebraska or West Virginia or Ohio or whatever else. Except that Herbster, Herbster's only campaign was Trump endorsed. I mean, his posters all said Trump endorsed. Uh, his ads were all pro-Trump. So, yeah, so Trump was a big part of Herbster's campaign. So it wasn't just a matter of, like, Trump sort of liked the guy. They were joined at the hip. They were joined at the hip. But I want to disagree with you a little bit when you say it's the media's fascination with Donald Trump. I would also suggest to you that it's the public's fascination with him because the media just supplies what the public wants, you know? Well, and and, and true, the, the public... Huh? It's true, but... It's a uh, you know you can't have one without the other. Yeah, sort of in a, sort of in a uh, uh, a aligned thing to what you said in uh, Nebraska District Number One for Congress, we had a, a congressman Jeff Fortenberry who was found guilty on three felony charges. Right, <laughs> so he had a uh, he had a uh, he was resigned and that, but he was still on the ballot. He resigned, but not in time to get off the ballot. So he was still on the ballot. Um, he did not win did he nomination. He, okay, he could, have, he could have actually been on the ballot in November. He did not win the nomination. But I talked to the candidate, Mike Flood. I talked to the candidate who did win the nomination, and I congratulated him. I said, you know, said I, I got to the, the the citizen of me is glad that you won, uh, but the broadcaster in me, you know, really kind of wishes that Fortenberry would have won. Man, that would have been great. That would have been great for for ratings. You know, that would have been that would have been a great story. The, the media kind of uh, Fortenberry would have won, but you know, the citizen of me is glad that uh, the real candidate won. Uh, what did the uh, how much what percentage did the guy get? He actually got, I think, like nine thousand votes. He got really? like nine thousand votes. Yeah. Well, the reason why he you know had to resign was the George Soros funded Benghazi liberal media that's why he had to well they back. found stuff on hunter's uh, laptop and that's what that was yeah. <laughs> you know, um all right so hold on a second all right that's your over let me do under and by the way to this week's sponsor i got to give a shout out to my moving company who helped me move today amorazic moving holy mackerel they were like the cavalry nobody likes moving as a matter of fact it's got to be i'd rather die than actually move and the stress of how much junk do you have? And do I really need all this junk? And you box it all up and then you look at it and you're like, oh my goodness, they came in like the cavalry and took things apart to only to, to I mean, I, I cannot tell you how impressed I was with Amorazic moving. If you're in Missouri, if you're in St. Louis and you're moving an office, a piano, a house, whatever else, Amorazic moving is where you want to go. They are the cavalry. They're the best. All right. All right. Here, here's my under. Um, did you read this? This should have gotten more attention. There was a professional soccer player uh, playing for the French national team who was demoted this week because he was caught laughing during the captain's post-game speech after they lost the game. And so he was demoted, and when asked why, they said he didn't take the game seriously. But in actuality, other teammates spoke out and said that he was demoted and taken off the French national team because he repeatedly farted around teammates and laughed in front of team officials. <laughs> that should be a much bigger story in America. 
Ladies and gentlemen, if you knew McGraw, uh, like I've known McGraw now for what, uh, 25, 30 years, whatever it's been, uh, you would know that if there's any kind of a fart story in the news, he will find it and he will report on it. This poor guy has a flatulence problem. That's why they have Bino, right? This poor man has a medical condition and he was, he lost his job because of it. That's outrageous. I remember one time, was it Kent? Was it Kent that uh, talked to you about Bino? And you just said, why wouldn't, why would, any, why would somebody not want to fart? I think it was your answer. Yeah. <laughs> that is exactly right. I was like, what's Bino? And he was like, it makes you not fart. I was like, why would somebody want to take that? <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to when you were at the outlet mall on the way back from Wrigley Field. We're talking about that. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> uh, my underreported story. Actually, I got, I got two of them. I'll do a serious one, and then the, I'll finish on a high note. Um, there's actually a Confederate Memorial Day. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Confederate Memorial Day. Some of the southern states celebrate this, where, like, the state offices are closed and everything because it's Confederate Memorial Day. I I got a problem with that. You know, it's like, let's, let's remember the guys who, who died in vain trying to keep slavery. Just doesn't seem like a holiday I want to celebrate. So there's that's that. So Confederate Memorial Day is underreported. And this is the one, though. This is the story that I really think I, I can hardly wait. This this story will be getting more legs. I have no doubt this story will be getting more legs. Because of the drought, have you heard about what's happening at Lake Mead? Yeah. They're finding bodies that have been like just dumped in the lake. Lake Mead, just outside of Vegas, they, it's all mob-related from the old days of Vegas, back when the mob uh, controlled the town. I think this is this is fascinating. Who are these bodies? What's the story? Did Johnny No Nose Johnson do it? I mean, I just love, and that's that's not a very Italian name, is it? Johnny No Nose Johnson. I came up with Please a nickname, say. and that just didn't, didn't. But I didn't want to. I didn't want to appear to be, uh, uh, you know, stereotypical. So I gave him a very waspy mob name. So no, you didn't. Yeah, but yeah, but you you were like an Italian, and then you went. No, you you're going to get left. Well, it was it was, it, it was Italian on his mother's side. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Do you do you think do you think they're gonna find Jimmy Hoffa at the, the bottom of Lake Mead? Oh, I can only hope. I can only hope. Uh, that that'd be great. I mean, you you know you know there are gonna be more bodies coming up. Maybe, maybe they'll find all the stuff that was in Al Capone's vault. That was a great story. I watched that live, by the way. That was the best. <laughs> you and the rest of America. Uh, no, that was the best. So anyway, so I, I'm looking forward to more about these bodies that are being discovered at the bottom of Lake Mead. And uh, the mob mm. connection, that, that that's just, uh, by the way, okay, so, you know what, I think that, and one more quick point here before we go, I do think that, you know, when uh, you get into the discussion about, you know, racism and that sort of a thing, why do we glamorize the Italian mobsters, but demonize the black gangs? You know, I mean, really, when you think about it, right? I mean, you know, we, we do. We have a glamorization, whether it be the Sopranos, whether it be uh, the Godfather, whether it be Goodfellas, all this. We, we sort of glamorize the you know, the old you know white mob, right? But boy, you know, you get a gang, uh, an African-American gang, and they're the bad guys. And when you get right down to it, you know, if you're both selling drugs and murdering people, there's really not a good side to it. Well, that's actually the... Um, the Italian mob didn't sell drugs. They were told not to. 
right? They didn't want to get into that. The old mobsters, you know, they were selling prostitution and gambling, which is now the NFL owners are selling, you know, gambling and, you know, the owner of the Patriots goes and visits prostitutes. So it's sort of well-respected these days. I don't know. It's a, it, there's something that's not right about it, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, you're right. It's just, it's something to ponder until we meet again uh, next uh, Wednesday or Thursday, right? Yeah, he's coming live on Thursday. Next Thursday with another episode of Beck and Millhaven Just Saying. Uh, you can uh, like us wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe so that you don't miss an issue of it. You can also uh, check out the, we have a Facebook page that really is pretty lame, to be honest with you. Uh, you can also email us, contact at beckedmillhaven.com. You can reach us out that way. And, uh, don't we have a TikTok page? Do we have a TikTok page? We don't know. We don't have TikTok, no. Do we have a, do we, do we have a MySpace page? Uh, no, we don't have a MySpace page either, no. Uh, okay. No MySpace. All right. All right. All right. Well, until next time, I'm Tom Becker. And don't forget, if you're moving, a Amorazic moving, I'm McGraw-Millhaven. I, you can't move far enough away, as far as I'm concerned. Well, uh, bye. <laughs> and a bye bye to you, too. Bye bye. <laughs>